Greetings, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. This is Pastor Mike, and I'm here in my office with my Bible open to Ephesians chapter 4, where it says in verses 11 through 16, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunningness and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is such a powerful passage. As we've been diving into the fivefold ministries of the church, we began several episodes ago with the first three verses of this passage that I just read. But today, I wanted to include the next three verses, verses 14 through 16, to continue to paint this picture that the Holy Spirit is revealing through Paul of this magnificent vision of the church and the purposes that God has for each one of us who has been connected to Christ's body. God has granted us the privilege of partnering with him in the carrying out of his purposes on earth. Toward the end of Jesus' public ministry, Jesus told his disciples, I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from the Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. So Jesus was calling them, as he is calling us, into deep relationship, a relationship that will bear fruit, that will impact the world. We bear his name, which represents both his authority and his nature, to be about his business, which is the drawing of more and more people into this life-giving relationship with the Father. What is the primary difference between a servant and a friend? A servant carries out orders, but as Jesus puts it, a servant does not know his master's business. Your true friends know your dreams and desires. They know what motivates you and moves you. I see something similar being expressed by Paul in Ephesians chapter 4. Paul breaks down the mission. There are five ministries over which God has appointed leaders in the church to equip God's people for the work of the ministry. By the church aligning our mission with God's priorities, the church ascribes value to the things that God values. We then more accurately reflect his nature. We become a people who prioritize that which God prioritizes. God's dream becomes our dream. God's vision becomes our vision. When we pray, 
It comes from a place of connectedness. Prayers are answered and fruit grows both in me and through me that reflects his nature. We are now going about our Father's business, about his mission, as we together are being built up in our faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, as it says in verse 13. We are not just servants. We are a people who are connected to God's heart and desires for the church and for the world, as well as for every circumstance and situation we may face. This knowledge of God and our aligning ourselves with his will is an anchor that Paul says prevents us from being tossed back and forth by the waves or to fall for crafty and deceitful teaching. Instead, it says, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, from this connection we have with Jesus, we're growing and being built up in love as each part does its work. Now, what does that look like? I was asked recently, have you ever seen this actually worked out, being lived out? And I was honestly able to say, yes, I have, but rarely in full, sometimes in part. And those times were very impactful because they stood out as an exception and not the rule. Ephesians 4 is God's desire for his church. And therefore, every church or congregation where God has established leadership to equip believers to do his business, to do the work of the ministry. In the mid-60s, there was a pastor of a small congregation in Seoul, Korea. And at that time, that city was still very impoverished as a result of the Korean War that had ended not too long before that. And as was most common, the pastor basically did all the work of the ministry. But one day, this Korean pastor fell gravely ill. At first, he thought it was just exhaustion. But time continued to pass, and he was just not getting any better. As a result, the church was struggling because they didn't have their pastor. Months began to pass, and he remained bedridden. And he began to get worried that the church was going to die. Out of desperation, he determined that he would gather his leaders so he could train them to share the load. But to his dismay, none of the men were willing to step up. And he thought, what am I going to do? If I do nothing, the church is going to die. So he called in the deaconesses, the women, and asked them if any of them were willing to serve, which would have been very uncommon culturally, very unacceptable in that day. And several of them said, they would be willing to give it a try. So they divided up and formed groups in their homes or apartment blocks, as was the case with most of them. And these groups prayed for the people in their building. They worshiped together. They shared God's word and ministered to one another. God blessed these groups so much that they began to grow and then multiply as many, many people came to know Christ through these cell groups and they adopted this name, cell groups, for the groups because cells are the basic building blocks of the body. They take in nutrients and turn them into energy. Cells have many parts, each with a different function, and they duplicate themselves. And this is exactly what they did. People were so excited about God's presence being poured out as everyone did the work of the ministry that even after the pastor finally began to get well again, 
he realized that he had stumbled onto something purely by accident, really, that was transformational. The understanding that every believer is by God's design a minister and that his job was to equip and unleash the people of his congregation to do the work of the ministry. Yoido Full Gospel Church in Seoul, South Korea, would go on to become, and now still is, the largest church in the world, with membership over 800,000 people. I visited this church in 2000 and was greatly impacted. After attending a Sunday service, my friend and I were invited to a visitor reception where one of the elders shared the story and other details about the church. And as he was talking, I couldn't help but notice a whiteboard that was on one of the walls where there was a bunch of numbers, and the numbers formed an equation that added up to some crazy number like 713,361, and that number was written at the bottom. So I asked about what that was, and he said that it was that week's cell group attendance, as reported by over 50,000 cell group leaders throughout the city, and as mind-blowing as the sheer size of these numbers were, what really struck me was how in a church that large, every person was accounted for. Every person had a place and a connection to a group of believers and were ministering in the body and being ministered to by the body. The fivefold ministry was being carried out. People were being equipped and sent out. Prayer and fasting was central to their spiritual life together. Pastoral care was carried out through the cells as those with needs were being cared for by other members of the cell. The Word of God was being taught and applied with cell members being accountable to one another. And people were being evangelized and added to the church daily. The entire city is permeated with groups of believers who are praying and sharing and ministering to one another and to others in their community. When you drive through Seoul, Every building that has a group of Christians who meet there has a lighted red cross on the roof. It was an exception to see a building without a red cross on it. God's ways work. When the church knows its mission and is connected to God's heart, we are then positioned to see God move in ways we have perhaps never dared to imagine. Today, Let's be about the master's business. As he says to each of us today, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from the Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Amen.